Welcome to the Modern IT Podcast with your host Christian and Michael. Hi, and welcome to today's episode of the Modern IT Podcast. Today we're going to talk about Azure Migrate. Uh, you've done a lot of migration, Michael? Well, yeah, some of them in the in the old days. So now when it's a new brand called Azure Migrate, I haven't actually many of those. Yeah. What was the last one called? Uh, well, it was a bunch of uh, tools that you put together. So uh, you used Azure Site Recovery. Uh, well, before Azure Site Recovery, you, you could do physical to virtual with some, it's an old executable that you could <laughs> leverage yeah and then you could uh, move the virtual up uh, then uh, microsoft bought a company called inmage and from that you got uh, azure site recovery and azure site recovery you could use to migrate uh, the servers up so that was the tool and then they came with <coughs> azure uh, migration assessment that was a complementary tool to the azure site recovery that did the assessment first so you could more easily map the servers on premises to cloud uh, when you did the migration actual migration yeah and that's what and, we're uh, going to focus on today uh, the oh. uh, assessment part <laughs> yeah on the assessment part yes yeah but the assessment is now also baked into the new azure migrate uh, yeah. so eventually you just gonna have one place for your whole migration journey with assessment and planning and all of it. That's all right. And uh, depending if uh, you're moving from your own uh, your own company where uh, your uh, data centers are all yours, or if you're moving from a shared uh, hosting environment, there might be some uh, some difficulties. So when you're migrating, you need to set up an uh, account. Uh, either for your Hyper-V environment or your... So when you register for uh, or create the project Azure Migrate, you can download a virtual appliance for either Hyper-V or... So when you say download a virtual appliance, where is that virtual appliance going to be located uh, afterwards? Yeah, you download it as a template and you deploy it to your own uh, environment. Uh, and after that is done, you, you fill in the information for your Azure account, uh, enter the project and uh, also the account for uh, the Hyper-V environment or the V. Okay, so the virtual appliance is uh, is your spy from the sky <laughs> on your environment. Yeah, basically. And I had some problems setting this up because um, I did this in a, a shared hosting environment. Um, so the customer uh, created the Azure Migrate in their own portal and I was only given read and the rights to create applications. Yeah, uh, so when you say portal you mean in their Azure subscription? Yeah, their tenant. Okay, yeah. The, yeah. yeah, but uh, when I tried to register the uh, virtual appliance, uh, which is part of the installation steps, um, I got an error. And if you're reading the Microsoft documentations, uh, all you need is an account with a reader 
and the rights to create applications. Uh, but I found out that that was not the case. You need to be contributor to register the virtual appliance. Yeah, and after I got the rights as a contributor, the virtual appliance uh, was registered and within 15 minutes I was uh, sending up data. But there are two, two approaches to this, because if you are doing this with your own data center, uh, you can assign, uh, let's say we're doing VMware, you can assign an account from the data center level and propagate it down with uh, read writes and it will work fine. Uh, the problem here is you, you can't just uh, give the account read access on the virtual machines itself. It has to be from the top. So if you're in shared environment, you have to give read access to the account on all your VMs. And then you can go upwards and give read to every uh, every tier above it till you reach the data center. Do you know okay, what I mean? So, so you mean that is for the for the virtual appliance yeah for it to be requesting able to, that access access yeah for the virtual appliance to be able to collect all your servers your data your uh, course memory and uh, iops used and so forth and this is for hyper-v or for vmware for both i think the main problem is uh VMware. i haven't tried it in hyper-v yeah uh, but i think the way vmware is set up um, this but could that, be an that, issue but if you are, if you, if you look at your own environment that you own, this shouldn't be an issue. The, the, it's an issue when you have a, a shared hosted environment that you buy from someone. Yeah, correctly. Because then uh, usually you're not assigned a specific host. Your machines are maybe split up on ten different or thirty different hosts. You said there's they're shared across different hosts. If, yeah, if it's a shared environment, it's a split load balanced across watever resources are available. Yeah, correct. And if uh, you have maybe four customers on one host and you give read access, the account itself will be able to read uh, stuff that not only tied to the company. It will only be able to read it, but it won't report on it unless you request it. Since you only give read access in a shared environment to the specific virtual machines that you want to migrate, that's part of the, the company you're going to migrate, it will only pick up those machines. But if you look at this uh, security uh, scope, you're giving a, an account read access to the hosts, even if it's not looking for anything other than what's related to, to the virtual machines that you have read access to will still see stuff going on in your yes and then that was kind of what i wanted to uh, touch on is that even if even if you can just say look at this customer you have the possibility to look at the other ones because of the access you have given and uh, from a contractual point of view and from security point of view that's a no-go if you're a hoster yeah usually it won't see the uh virtual machines but there's a lot of other transactions going on that uh, the account will be will be able to see uh, is probably not even looking for it but just from a security perspective uh, you know it could be an issue so how do we so what's the option then if you can't do this are you gonna 
use another tool or yeah uh, the setup we're talking about with with the, the virtual appliance is uh, azure migrate agentless and there are an uh, agent based uh, migration as well yeah and the agentless is is the next generation one yeah and yeah did you say that uh, microsoft recently acquired a company called Movair? yeah i read about it i'm not sure uh, uh, how much of an improvement it will be, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so uh, from what I understand, Movair, they focused on discovery, IT discovery for your applications. Also, maybe some monitoring, as I understand. Yeah. And it was all agentless. So probably they will bake this into the new Azure Migrate agentless capabilities. Yeah, and that will for sure make this better. There are the service uh, maps uh, available today, but that's an agent that has been installed on all your servers. But then you can get the workflow between your servers and know how to group them and how to move them up to the cloud. Yeah, because that's one of the bigger headaches when doing a migration is that you have to know the dependencies between the servers. Yeah, so the service maps uh, uh, could really help there if the customer or you yourself know how your servers uh, communicate with each other that's yeah and the service map is a azure solution you can enable on the vms but you can also download it as an agent and put on the on-premises virtual machines indeed yeah for us to be able to see the uh, servers that are communicating with each other when we're agentless migration we still have to revert to installing just for this purpose so it's a lot of additional work due to compliance and security, yeah, as usual. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, there are some things to think uh, about here, you know, especially if it's a shared environment. Uh, otherwise, it's uh, pretty straightforward. Um, registering uh, Azure Migrate and setting up a project and downloading the VA, I mean, within two hours, you, you're done and you're seeing information. Yeah, and probably Microsoft, Microsoft always focuses on, not always, but they have a focus on enterprises and enterprises usually own their own IT. So maybe the majority of their bigger customer doesn't have this issue. Yeah, exactly. We are trying to uh, look into how smaller companies can move to the cloud. So uh, I think mm -hmm. this information is vital for them. Yeah. So I did an assessment uh, for the company uh, I'm working with now. And download the Excel file so you can see everything uh, that recommended for you, the course, uh, memory, disks, and more. And you can and read that. This Excel file comes from the Azure Migrate project in the portal. Yeah, correct. Gotten all the information from the agent. Yeah, not the agent. From, 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 the, case, no, sorry, from the virtual appliance. Yeah, correct. Uh, and there you can do a lot of uh, custom settings like reserved instances and... Hybrid uh, use. Yeah, and how much uh, air you want in the systems, or if uh, if you want to leave it uh, as on-prem, you know, you can do that as well. Yeah, and you have something called a comfort factor. That... Yeah, that's the air I was talking about. So in general, the the recommendation is it looks at the the load, the IOPS, and the CPU usage, and the memory usage, and then it tells you what you have over a period of time or yeah you can choose that as well the longer the virtual appliance virtual appliance is running the better 
because uh, you'll data. get more exact yeah. uh, data. And then it makes a recommendation based on that and tells you which type of VM in Azure you should have. Yeah, correct. Azure has launched ultra disks now for lower latencies, uh, but the as uh, assessment tool hasn't uh, incorporated that yet. So uh, you can't choose. Uh, I can, you can't yeah. choose ultra disks here. So that's something you're gonna have to uh, calculate. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's that's the evergreen. All the tools doesn't always have all the info or all the services. Yeah, it's happening so fast, so uh, it's always dragging, right? So when I when I've done some of these assessments, the the data that comes out is pretty uh, pretty rigorous. So you have a lot of information, but basically, um, for calculation to give an estimate of the run because. Eventually, you have to do an, uh, a cost <laughs> comparison. What would it cost running on-premises? What will it cost running in cloud? Yeah. And uh, another note there is that when, when you do this kind of migration, which is called lift and shift, majority of these projects tend to end after you migrate into the cloud, but that shouldn't be the end of the journey. <laughs> the real gain and value of cloud comes when you continue moving into the platform. So. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's something to get into because a pure lift and shift will probably never be. You have to use Azure to throw up all your think that everything. Uh, do lift and shift and have a project ready to uh, continue optimize. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, you could just look at the lift and shift and whatever you can't. Uh, say move to the platform services you can still look at optimizing the current environment with shutdown and when were not used or scale them down and uh, but that that also rarely happens but my what i was coming to uh, was that when you did the, the excel sheet you have a lot of information there and you have to do a cost comparison what it costs on premises and in the cloud and you don't get the full picture right because you only get the prices for the VMs running uh, an estimated amount of times and the yeah, disks, of course. You get the uh, estimated com compute and uh, uh, space, and that's all, really. But there yes, are additional more, costs. Yeah, monitoring and backup and some patch management. If you're using those native uh, uh, cloud-native tools, of course. But it doesn't make sense to have a backup service running on premises if you move it to the cloud so. no i think you should utilize uh, azure backup and there's another note for those who are looking into new ultra disk the azure backup can't actually take backups of their own ultra disk i know it's new and uh, and they're working on it and it will be available but uh, right now it's not yeah but this is a a key thing in in these migration projects is that you when you do these assessments and you start planning and looking into it, you find a lot of gaps, and you have to you have to take these gaps with the stakeholders, and they have to decide: Are we gonna take the risk? Just knowing it and having it kind of documented or have a plan or workaround is good, because you, eventually the services will be there. So, but will, are you willing to live with the risk until it is? Yeah. Or or do you have a workaround until you have a more complete solution? Yeah, that's a valid point. Um, and I think the assessment costs, it kind of looks like a happy meter, right? 
it, it will cost more when you eventually uh, move up. But I mean, it's it's not that easy to look at this actually because when you do the comparison, let's take a single server. So from your assessment from the VMware, it tells you we have a server here that uses seventy percent of the CPU and eighty percent of the memory, and has two disks. And the recommendation is to put it on a on X uh, size Azure VM, uh, right? So that that's good. But the price there depends on if it's the OS, if it's a Linux or Windows, if you have Azure hybrid use benefits, if you're going to do reserved instances, and also if you're going to do some automation or scaling. So it's really difficult to get a, 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 a accurate cost estimate. So you have to have a, like a ballpark figure in. Yeah, and the assessment is a, a very loose ballpark. But it's something to go on at least. You can uh, calculations kind of based on this. Maybe we should take it in another podcast what hybrid use benefit and reserved instances are. Yeah, we can do that. Pay as you go is the most expensive uh, there is. So, uh, yeah, and then you have the enterprise level agreements that gives you a discount depending yeah. on the size of pre-committed consummation. Correct. So, yeah, there's a lot of variables to take into account. But one of the things that I'm I'm really missing in those uh, assessments is the backup cost. Yeah. I mean, it, it, why it isn't it? Uh, it should be here. You yeah, know? I mean, you should at least have some kind of a, a general choices. Yeah. They shouldn't be able to give you all of the possible backup schedules, but some 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 choices should be there to give you the ballpark figure. It's really a hassle to calculate that backup. Yeah, yeah, it should. Probably it will be. I haven't looked if there's any like feedback or user voices around this. Maybe we should make one. Yeah. Um, when I did the uh, assessment for, for this company, I looked through all the data from the Excel file. Uh, quite a bit of error on the disk. So how long did you run? Uh, I ran it for about one week before I started looking. A lot of disks, zero uh, IOPS, read, write. Um, doesn't sound correct. <laughs> no, it doesn't. So I created a ticket to Microsoft and to it and everything. Uh, and it turned out to be uh, the correct value. It's just the tool itself uh, is reporting an error. When the IOPS 0 0.02, it's going to give an error that it could not pull uh, IOPS data from but it okay. but it has so they're going to fix this in uh, upcoming release and this is the agent base so this is the agent list agent with the virtual appliance yeah. so those servers with almost no iops were the how how did the cpu uh, well there were more disks on them so uh, they were used uh, and everything was looking great okay uh, so it, it was just uh, some some disks yeah, so the truth is uh, the assessment is correct, and uh, those disks were actually not that uh, very okay. low. So, okay, S small small quirks, but they, it will get fixed. Yeah. And yeah. It, it wouldn't actually have made a difference in your assessment, more than, than now you know it's factual, uh, factually correct. Yeah, it was very important for me to find out if it's an error or if it's... Uh, truly the case since there was a lot of these errors and uh, let's say uh, if there are 50% uh, 
errors on IOPS, the entire assessment would be very wrong, the correct readings. Uh, well, now it turned out that it's correct and it isn't, but uh, at least now you know the okay assessment is it's up to date and I can uh, rely on the on the figures. Even if yeah. they're happy, I can still uh, kind of uh, work from there. So just out of curiosity, this assessment, when you looked at the at the values there, did you find anything funny except this zero IOPS? Did you see any servers that were running 100%? Did you see any servers that were running 2%? Yeah, it was uh, across the range. Yeah, I, I the assessments I've been looking at, it's always funny to see. Okay, these 10 servers, they're actually working really hard. And then you have these 80 servers, they're not doing anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. And uh, and you can see that on the IAPS as well. I mean, uh, some servers were 15,000 IAPS and some were uh, so low that the program thought it was an error. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so th my point there is that some of them you will scale up and you will get a better uh, experience for the end user. Some of them you shouldn't move as is. You should actually uh, look at scaling them down really much for the cost purpose but yeah. that is that is something that you have to evaluate in the in the project right because if you scale them down before you move them it's not a good uh, it, it could uh, be a bad choice and uh, in many cases when we looked at it we actually if we're gonna do any data migration afterward afterwards we might actually um, provision a bigger scale compute in the same uh, compute layer in the same scale layer, I mean, and uh, just have it bigger during the migra data migration phase and then scale it to the actual one. So <clears throat> we could save some time in the... Right. Yeah, so this was uh, a bit about the assessment part. Maybe we could uh, talk more about the, the migration part of the podcast. Yeah. And you probably have um, some foundation setups that needs to be discussed. Yeah, for sure. This is just the, let's keep this one to assessment part uh, on how to collect your data and get a rough feel for the costs. And next time we'll go through uh, migration, what needs to be done. Uh, I think we also touch a bit about the uh, Azure Fast Track uh, that's available. Uh, yeah. What kind of can expect? And yeah, sounds like a plan. And this is a journey you're going through now, so probably have actual information we can speak about. Yeah, so that's good. Yeah, absolutely. All right, then uh, we'll speak uh, soon. Yeah, looking forward to it. All right, take care. Take care. Bye. Bye.